using blockchain to securely share cyber threat information? And are Soundwaves the next hacker tool to disrupt IoT and medical devices? These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. With Russia pilfering data from Democratic Party computers and then using and perhaps changing that information to influence the outcome of the U.S. presidential election raises the concern among many IT security practitioners and policymakers of maintaining the integrity of data. Data integrity is something Steve Grobman thinks about a lot as Chief Technology Officer at Intel Security. Here's Grobman testifying on Wednesday at a Senate Commerce Committee hearing on the promises and pearls of emerging technologies for cybersecurity. One of the big shifts that we see right now is cybersecurity is moving away from just being about theft of data and data being used as a weapon itself. So using the data to extort or cause harm is one of the things that we've not only seen in the election cycle, but that is the same type of damage that is done through the Yahoo attack. So it's important when we think about cybersecurity that we're thinking about it broadly in terms of many areas, especially in the emerging field of using data as a weapon. How is the corruption of data integrity being manifested? One way is through leaked information and the reflex assumption by many that the information is true. One of the biggest risks that we have today is the general public treating leaked data as having integrity. One of the big challenges is especially around intermixing legitimate data with fabricated data. So you can increase the confidence that data is real by having part of that data be accurate, that can be independently verified, but then overlaid with fabricated data. Uh, Whether that fabricated data is to cause political harm or to falsely indict someone in a criminal case, it is a critical measure that we treat any leaked data with suspicion until every element of it is independently validated. That could be asking a lot of consumers of that information. Do they possess the knowledge to differentiate facts from alternative facts? Sometimes the best defense against the impact of compromised digital integrity is a skeptical mind, but that would require better awareness among users, a high barrier to clear. Still, relatively new technology is available that IT practitioners could employ to maintain digital integrity in the sharing of cyber threat information. It's blockchain, the tool used to secure digital currencies such as Bitcoin. Blockchain is a digital ledger with entries recorded chronologically and publicly. It's a distributed database with built-in validation. No one person controls it. As National Venture Capital Association Chairman Venki Gannison pointed out in his written testimony to the committee, no one can manipulate blockchain so it can serve as the single source of truth for transactions. And Silence Chief Security and Trust Officer Malcolm Harkins told the panel that data in a blockchain cannot be altered retroactively once recorded. Caleb Barlow is Vice President of Threat Intelligence at IBM Security, and in his testimony he explained how blockchain could be used to share cyber threat information securely. Everyone has concerns about people looking at the threat information they're sharing and trying to decipher other activities. What's the acquisition, you know, the company they're about to acquire, or a particular form of intelligence they may be under. One of the things that we look at blockchain with a lot of optimism around is the ability to aggregate that data together. And when you aggregate it together, all of a sudden, even the anonymous becomes even more anonymous. 
Anytime you have a big collection of data, you really need to be able to maintain that reputation, right? You don't want people just throwing things in there that are either duplicates or throwing out extraneous information or worse yet, false flags. One of the real promises of blockchain is it gives people the ability to share with cryptographic integrity and integrity around the reputation of the source, but with only a few people, if any, actually knowing who the source is. You could take government data, you could take data from a large bank, and you could take data even from small boutique cybersecurity firms, aggregate it all together, and it would be nearly impossible to figure out who presented this data into the collective. But you'd understand that it's a high reputation source and that you need to take action immediately. Intel Securities Grobman agrees blockchain could incentivize businesses to share cyber threat information. Some of the challenges inherent in threat intelligence sharing, it's things that we call a free rider problem, meaning that everybody wants threat intelligence, but there's generally very little incentive to give up threat intelligence. So figuring out how to not only remove the barriers, but actually create incentives to provide threat intelligence is a good way for us to think about uh, the problem at the next level. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. A number of devices such as Internet of Things gadgets, smartphones, and medical instruments contain a type of sensor that can potentially be hacked by sound waves. These sensors are known as Microelectromechanical Systems, or MEMS accelerometers, and Healthcare Info Security Editor Marianne Kolbasak-McGee spoke with one of the key researchers that discovered this vulnerability, Kevin Fu. He directs the Archimedes Research Center for Medical Device Security at the University of Michigan. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Eric. The fact that sound waves can disrupt sensors isn't new. What's new here? Earlier studies by other researchers had found that sound waves can be used to disable these sensors. But Fu says the research conducted by the universities of Michigan and South Carolina now show that sound waves can damage the integrity of the readings of these sensors. For instance, if you were trusting this reading to do something automated, such as a rate adaptive pacemaker, perhaps changing based upon increased activity of the patient, you now need a second way to verify the integrity of that reading. How many devices did the researchers test? The study lists 20 sensors for which the researchers were able to change the output of the sensors using sound waves. And Fu explains one way these sensors are vulnerable to sound wave attack. There is a speaker built in right next to the sensor, which means there is a remote ability to to cause these change without the adversary even having to be near the chip. Is this vulnerability something we should be worried about? Not yet. Fu says knowing about this vulnerability, device makers can begin building defenses before potential hackers can exploit it. I don't think there's sort of a run for the hills event here. What we see here is that there's a risk. We have now discovered this particular risk, and so it's important to begin to mitigate it before the threats become practical. This is more like discovering that, oh, you know what? Germs are transferred when you don't wash your hands. You don't need to worry about that so much as time to begin taking mitigating actions now that we understand the connections uh, of these risks. Fu recommends that manufacturers assess the researchers' list of sensors that contain the sound wave vulnerability and ask suppliers for specific parameters, including the resident frequencies, to understand the risks and mitigations. Thanks, Marianne. Thanks, Eric. Is a threat to obliterate data stored in millions of iCloud accounts unless Apple pays a ransom for real? 
ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk looked into this threat and is a bit suspicious of the claim. Strong doubts have emerged over an unknown hacking group's claim it has captured credentials for 627 million Apple iCloud accounts. The very public and ham-fisted attempt to get a $75,000 ransom has raised suspicions. The group calls itself the Turkish Crime Family. It is threatening to remotely wipe millions of devices if the ransom isn't paid by April 7th. iCloud is Apple's backup and device management service, which can remotely delete data from a lost iPhone. Apple hasn't commented. The company tends to be reserved about commenting on security issues unless a verified risk emerges. And there are several red flags that suggest the Turkish crime family's claims are more puffery than threat. Some of the group's members communicated with Vice's motherboard, saying initially they held 300 million iCloud credentials. Then they revised the figure to 559 million. Later, they claim to have 627 million. Troy Hunt, an Australian data breach expert, tells me that the inconsistency in the numbers doesn't do them any favors and sheds doubt on their accuracy. If the Turkish crime family does possess what it claims to have, Hunt says they vastly undervalued the data. He says that hundreds of millions of accounts would be worth much more than $75,000. Paul Kalatayud, CTO of the security vendor Firemon, agrees. He tells me if the credentials could unlock the accounts of celebrities, as what happened in 2014, there's potential for more lucrative extortion. Apple bolstered security around iCloud accounts following the high-profile hacking escapade that stole nude photos from several celebrities, including Jennifer Lawrence and Kirsten Dunst. Although Apple is not directly at fault, the incidents caused a public relations crisis and prompted worries over data security. Those celebrity iCloud account credentials were captured through very targeted attacks, either via phishing or guessing usernames and passwords. Accounts may have also been accessed by guessing the answers to security questions. Apple subsequently implemented two-factor verification for iCloud accounts. After a username and password is entered, a four-digit numerical code is sent via SMS. The code is required for changes to Apple ID account information, signing into iCloud, or purchasing goods from the company's store. It later implemented two-factor authentication for logins from new devices. A six-digit code is sent to a person's mobile phone. The feature is available to those running at least iOS 9 or El Capitan on the desktop. For those who have enabled either two-factor verification or authentication, the claims of the Turkish crime family are nothing to worry about. But it's a good reminder, even if this is all a ruse, it's a good time to enable those security protections. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally, New Mexico is on the cusp of becoming the 48th state to enact the data breach notification law. If Governor Susana Martinez signs the legislation passed by the state Senate last week, Alabama and South Dakota will be the only states without a protocol organizations must follow to inform customers and authorities of a data breach. The New Mexico measure would give organizations 45 days to alert customers of a serious breach. For nearly a decade, some businesses have sought a national data breach notification statute so they would have only one set of rules to follow rather than a patchwork of state requirements. The last considered effort for a national law fell short in the last Congress, and a search of a congressional database of bills shows no legislation has been introduced in the current session to nationalize data breach notification. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chavro. Catch you next time.